Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, the no-bullshit business show that's dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs to be more successful. As I've said many times over the past few months, it's not going to be the White House, the Democrats or the Republicans that get this country going again. It's up to us. America's always been about initiative, about innovation, about hard work, commitment. That's what made America great. That's why I and millions like me left our home country and came here where anything is possible if it's to be it's up to me so let's pull together all of us and put this recession behind us now this program is all about helping you so i want you to write to me email me tweet me become my contact on linkedin go to my website bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my newsletter Tell me what you think. Share your ideas, your criticisms, and your praise, and let me know what you'd like me to talk about. One of the most gratifying things about doing this show is the geographic diversity of the people who listen to the broadcast. This week, I got an email from a businessman who was in the very north of Australia, where there are thousands and thousands of miles of absolutely nothing. And he was sitting there waiting for a cyclone to pass. Another from Manchester in England who sent me an email while he was waiting for his favourite soccer team, Manchester City, to play. And another from a woman in Oklahoma whose business had just closed the doors. She said... Because of the recession. In the last couple of weeks, these shows have been so packed with information and great interviews that I've not had an opportunity to answer many listeners' emails. So today, I'm going to devote the whole last segment of the show to your emails. And remember, if I read your email on the air, you'll receive a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitch Your Competition, which is a step-by-step guide to guaranteeing that your business becomes successful. We've also got a couple of great interviews today. New York Times best-selling author, Dr. Bob Kriegel, who wrote 
If it ain't broke, break it. And one of my favourite ever book titles, Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers. My second guest is Olympic gold medal winner, Kerry Pothast, who talks about how important it is both in sport and in business to have a winning attitude. That's a really interesting interview. But right now, let's talk about a few of the challenges that are facing small business today. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to some of these issues. Now, one question that keeps coming up over and over again to me is, how do I get and retain customers? Now, this is often raised in relation to the increased difficulty that many people have in getting results from advertising. Now, when it comes to attracting and retaining customers, two things are really critical to realise. Firstly, it is very expensive to attract a new customer. Advertising, no matter what sort of advertising, is expensive. And unless you really know what you're doing, it's highly inefficient. Now, history's proven that it's between 15 and 50 times more expensive to get a new customer than it is to retain an existing one. Secondly, research shows us that 62% of customers across all sorts of business, doesn't matter what business it is, those customers don't repurchase from the same company they bought from last time. So six out of ten people that come into your store or your business, they got what they're after, they received acceptable service, they never came back. And most people don't understand the importance of this. I'm always having people say to me, you know, why don't these customers come back? I gave them good service, I gave them what they want. Well, that isn't enough anymore. Most businesses have a budget for advertising. But almost none have a budget for customer retention. Yet it's 15 times cheaper. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So if you put just 50% of the money you invest in advertising into customer retention, you'd make a stack of money. So why don't people do it? You know, existing customers cost almost nothing to get in the door. You can email them, you can have them on, on a, they can get a regular newsletter, you can send them specials, and all it costs you is an email. Nothing. Yet if you advertise to get them, it costs you a fortune. When you do get regular customers in the door, they spend more. They don't have to be enticed with discounts. So your return on investment is significantly increased, and you save a shed load of money on advertising. So what's the matter with you people? Why aren't you spending more money on keeping existing clients? Now, businesses who are successful today, they don't just satisfy customers because satisfied customers aren't worth a dollar today and they won't build your business. In fact, satisfied customers are a recipe for going out of business. Today, you have to knock the customer's socks off, and I don't give a damn what business you're in. You know, the customer needs to conclude the transaction and walk out going, wow, that was a great experience. Now, there are lots of ways to do this, but you really have to think about it. Too many people today 
are spending all of their time working in their business and not thinking about working on their business. And that is a fatal mistake. So going back to the original question, how do I get and retain customers? It's really easy. Focused firstly on retaining existing customers, not on attracting new ones. The second question I hear a lot about is, you know, I'm great at what I do, but I'm not so good at book work. I don't know how to create the right structure to save tax. And when it comes to marketing, I really don't have the faintest idea. So I design my own advertising, but it doesn't seem to work. And I get lots of comments like that. Or they say, you know, I'm really small and I can't afford to get experienced advisors, you know, and I can't afford to hire an advertising agency. Now, these are major problems because the reality is that while having a great product or service is important, running the business successfully is much, much, much more important. Now, the world's full of great products and service companies that have gone out of business because they didn't run the business well or didn't market their business well. There are also millions of businesses out there that suck. They have ordinary, even lousy products, but they run a great business with great advertising and they make truckloads of money. So while your, your product's important, running your business successfully and marketing it well is much more important. So you need to have excellent advisors and you need to select them carefully. A lot of people become consultants because they're hopeless at doing anything. <laughs> so check out the, the credentials of a consultant before you hire them. There's a lot of con men out there. Now, good ones might cost twice as much. They might cost five times as much. And initially, when you're struggling to find the money, that's really important. But the good ones produce fantastic results. And in the end, you look back and you say, wow, I had to struggle, but it was worth it. There's also no need to spend a fortune on consultants. I work with some of the best in the world in a business called Market Force One Business Strategies, where for just two grand a month, you can get advice by Skype on any aspect of your business any time you want it. And you can do it for just one month if you like. You don't have to sign up forever. If you just want one month's worth of advice, you pay for a month. Now, two grand might sound like a lot, but that two grand might take you 50. So, and if you'd like more information on how that works, just send me an email at bob at bobpritchard.com and I'd be pleased to get back to you. Another comment that I hear regularly is that it's hard in business right now because of the state of the economy. What sort of bullshit is that? The economy overall may be sluggish, but this week there's in a sluggish economy, there's a trillion dollars circulating around America. Just how much do you want? Forget about the overall economy. If you sell widgets and you need to sell 100 a month to make a profit, that's through a day. Now, if before the recession there was 100 people buying 100 widgets each, today, with a 20% drop-off, there's still 80 people buying 80 widgets a day. Just focus on them. 
go out and get them. There's still a huge amount of business being done every single day. You might have to look a little harder. You might have to work, work a little smarter. But the business is out there. If you cut your staff, cut your marketing and play it safe, I can guarantee you, you will go out of business. So now's the time to get out there, get amongst it. There are more millionaires made during recessions than at any other time. It's time for you to use your expertise, use creativity and take advantage of the vacuum that's created by companies who cut back and play it safe. Also, be careful about playing into the times of tough I need to discount to get sales trap. A recent Citibank study showed that 70% of all companies that began discounting went out of business within 12 months. If your cost of goods is 50 bucks and you sell your goods for 100, many businesses think their profit's $50, but it could be costing you $20 for rent and overheads, taxes, staff holidays and all that stuff. So if you're off a 25% discount, you're not making 25 bucks, you're actually losing five bucks on every sale. So before you start discounting, ensure that you understand the cost of running your business and of each item, including the cost of holding inventory, credit card costs, and all that stuff. That's why customers, by many businesses, need outside expertise. Finally, before I get to my first guest, I'd like to talk to you about mentors. Surround yourself with clever people that know more than you do that get, have plenty of experience. Remember, according to Harvard Business School, businesses fail because only 11% of business owners and executives have any ongoing learning. The only way to overcome this is by going to seminars, reading business books, and getting mentors. Don't forget, let me know what you'd like me to discuss on the program. Go to bobrichard.com. Tweet me, email me, contact me on LinkedIn, send me a bloody carrier pigeon. I don't care. Just get in touch with me and let's get this country and the planet moving again. I'll be back in a couple of minutes with my first guest, New York Times best-selling author, Dr. Bob Kriegel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show. This program is all about helping you listeners in small business with advice that will assist you to build your businesses, to make more profit, employ more people, and let's get America working again. And not just America, we've got listeners all over the world, and we're here to help you also. Every week, we bring you guests that are successful and who make it their business to help other businesses. Today, I've got with me Dr. Bob Kriegel, who is a New York Times best-selling author, and who U.S. News and World Report calls one of the country's leading authorities in the field of change and human performance. He's been a commentator on NPR's Marketplace program, which I listen to all the time. He's done two specials for PBS, and he's taught at Stanford's Executive Management program. The New York Times says Bob's work spurred a revolution in performance practices. His books also include... Many bestsellers, and among them, if it ain't broke, break it, as well as sacred cows make the best burgers. I wish I had a thought of that. It's hard to think of names for books, and that is a killer. Bob, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks a lot, Bob. Uh, one of my passionate themes for about 20 years now is that traditional marketing and advertising no longer works. Um, and we have to be innovative, we have to be ahead of the curve, and one of my sort of mantras is, it's not the size of the budget that counts anymore, it's the size of the idea. So why can't we use traditional thinking and strategies today? I mean, they, they worked 10 years ago. Well, I mean, that's exactly the point, that it did work 10 years ago, and when I worked in advertising many years ago, you know, TV, oh, that was the mecca but, you know, everything is changing. Um, the digital revolution has changed the way people get information, the way they communicate, the way they buy products, the way they get entertainment. It's changed everything. And, you know, that's not the only thing. Global marketing has changed everything. So one of the things that I talk and write about is if you want to keep ahead today, you can't. You can't keep playing by yesterday's rules and yesterday's thinking. And TV advertising, which is down, uh, I read a couple of months ago from, I forget the exact numbers, but it's about 25 to 30% of what it was. Yeah, the true. reason for that is that the digital revolution has created social marketing and hundreds of ways that people that companies, big and small, can reach their clients, communicate uh, new products and ideas, and do it on the cheap. You know, I, I thought an interesting example was um, when Lady Gaga first came out. Yeah. Um, uh, they tried to get on the radio. That's the traditional way you get pop singers uh, their exposure. Sure. But the radio said, well, no, she's not a tradition." So what they did, she hooked up with a couple of her friends' websites. She got on Facebook. She got on Twitter. She got on YouTube. She got all of that. And all of a sudden, her name exploded at a cost of, hey, nothing. 
And now the rate, you know, now she's world now famous. She's massive, yeah. And I, I did the same thing. I worked for the toy industry association. And one of the beliefs they had, the traditional way of marketing toys, was you got to have a big presence on TV, and then the stores will stock you. And but what's happening is the to- a lot of toy manufacturers said, "Hey, wait a minute, our uh, our market, our kids, you know, kids asking mommy for a toy, kids going out buying it themselves. What do kids do? They ain't watching TV." You know, they're beep, 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 you know, on the, you know, on their cell phone, on their this phone, on that, on Facebook, on Twitter. And so a lot of the big toy manufacturers and the small little guys started using that same thing that Lady Gaga did, which is social marketing. And big companies today are using social marketing in innovative ways. One of the stories I like to use is we've all heard of the Aflac duck, you know, Aflac, Aflac. And Aflac has 180,000 friends on Facebook, a duck. (laughs) So, um, you know, companies are really expanding the way they can reach, uh, reach their audience, get a new audience, communicate the latest uh, products and services, what they're doing. So don't get stuck in yesterday's thinking in uh, uh, today's game or you ain't going to be around tomorrow. One of the other points, I think, is that people are changing. Um, traditional advertising is companies yelling at you, seeing who can yell the loudest, where um, today people want dialogue. They want, a, they want an exchange. They want information. They're, they're a different audience, aren't they? Well, I think that, that what people realize today with this advent of social marketing is that everything's interactive. Yep. and. Uh, people want more. They want more information. They want a connection with that with that uh, company that is selling them a product. I mean, one of the great examples I think is Apple. I mean, aside, we all know that you know how innovative they are and what a cool company they are. I'm telling you, you have product uh, a problem with Apple. You call up. You get you get a voice on the phone. You talk to them. They give you great information. And, you know, I feel like I have an, a dialogue with with that company, and I trust them. And the in-store uh, service is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, the in-store is, is incredible. Yeah, the Genius Desk. You know, I mean, one of the things that they do, in, if you look at their retail, they have created a whole different – they've broken all the rules of retail. Yeah, you know, the old rules was, you know, you got to be in the center of the mall. Uh, you got to be – for a computer store, you got to be um, a separate area, you know, where you can drive your car in and park and all that. They're in the center of the mall. Yeah. They have everybody there can write you up a product yeah. because, uh, you know, just click, click. You want to buy that? Oh, yeah, hit click. Anybody does it. And what has also become is, and this is one of the things I talk about, is it's expanded the idea of retail. You know, the old barriers of what your product is or what your service is have really, you know, have really crumbled down. And what they have now, yeah, I mean, what they have now is the Apple store is like a, it's like a hangout. 
you know, yeah, you got people there. It's it's mob. You got people there singing songs. You got people there writing books. You got people having sex in the corner. I mean, you got everything going on. And it's it's like uh, you know, it's like fun going to an Apple store. Yeah, it is. So they've recreated. Uh, well, I, I think they've recreated uh, retail. They have my lo- my local mall uh, here in in Los Angeles. It has now got a Lamborghini store in the mall selling <laughs> Lamborghinis at four hundred thousand each. I mean, it's changed. Yeah, um, I know. I know. In it fact, always used to be, you know, walk in the middle of the sidewalk because it's safe. Now, yeah. why is it dangerous to play it safe today? Well, uh, we're not talking about the sidewalks or anything. Yeah, no, that's true. But, but you know, really what, ha- what I'm talking about is companies that play what I call not to lose, which is playing it safe. You know, yeah. hey, let's wait and see what's going to happen. Let's not take any risks. Let's not get in overhead. The economy's tough. Let's cut everything. Cut back. Cut, you know, cut research and development. Cut advertising. Cut marketing. Cut promotion. Cut people cut inventory and that strategy is a not to lose strategy because most people do unfortunately that's right except the smart companies i i uh was talking to a ceo a couple of years ago about that and he said you know everyone in my industry is cutting back and i know there's not as much business as there used to be but i'm cutting forward he said what I'm going to do is I'm going to increase my advertising and increase my promotion. And look, you know, the business isn't great, but I'm going to increase my share of market. And when I get back there, you know, when the business comes back, I'm going to be way ahead of everybody else. And that's the kind of thing. IBM, a couple of years ago, in the worst recession ever, Sam Palmasano, the CEO, green-lighted three major projects. He cut forward. He played to win rather than playing not to lose. And uh, enormous profit as a result of that. Uh, Chevron, I just did some work for them for their uh, lubricants. Markets flat. uh, Prices are going up. It's tougher. More competition, unbranded. What they do, they're building a billion-dollar plant so they can become the biggest one. So, again, they're cutting forward. You know, you look at the companies that played it safe. What did Kodak do? Hey, let's wait and see if digital cameras are, uh, are going to be a real thing. You know, let's stick with what we know, Phil. They're bankrupt. Polaroid, the same thing. What did blockbusters do? Let's wait and see if this online stuff is real and all that. You know, it's, you've been to blockbusters lately, you know. And there's a million examples of companies that played not to lose, that played it safe. And, uh, you know, they got, they got leapfrogged, they got passed by, and they became dinosaurs. Yeah, you don't win a football game by being safe. Now, That's right. You, you seem to believe, though, that the best companies and individuals don't react quickly to change. That, That's right. Isn't that a dichotomy? That a cross- well, that's only half the sentence, Bob. Okay. They don't react quickly to change. They create the change. Oh. You know, they're the ones that are out in front of the wave rather than waiting to see what will happen. They're proactive rather than reactive. They're making things happen rather than waiting for it to happen. They're playing to win rather than playing not to lose. 
you know, they're taking chances, they're rethinking rules, they're, rede- they're redefining their role with the customer. You know, that's the whole thing we talked about before in the social marketing, interactive relationships. They're really looking to reinvent the game. And that's what's happened all over. The games are reinvented. Sure. You know, retail used to be this, a hotels used to be that. Now you go to a hotel and it's really nice and they got a brochure and they're gonna, they could sell you the pillowcase, the sheets, the blankets. You know, they're all of a sudden in the retail business. You get Amazon started selling books. Now they'll sell you clutch plates, diapers, massages, anything you want. Everybody's, you know, one of the biggest things that's happening is companies are combining things that have never been combined before. You know, you got drug stores with banks, you got banks selling drugs, you got, I mean, you got everything. <laughs> the, the old, the old labels don't fit anymore. Yep. Bob, we, we are unfortunately out of time. So I thank you very, very much for your time today. Now, if you would like to know more about Dr. Bob Krieger and his tried and proven success method, methods that are used by Lots and lots of the major corporations in America. Go to www.kriegel.com. And we'll be back with some more of the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit radio program in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show. We've been talking regularly over the last few months about social media and how effective a communication tool and marketing tool it can be. And today I'm pleased to have with me Laurel Patworth, who is ad, the who ad age named in the Power 150 bloggers globally and Greater.com named in the most 50 influential f- women on Twitter. She's been running virtual online communities since the 1980s, as well as having a level 80 fire fire mage in a world of Warcraft. Wow. So she's a gamer girl. 
Hi, Laurel. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bob. Pleased to be here. <laughs> I, I started off before we, while we were chatting off air, I said, what the hell is Fire Madge? So do you want to explain that just for my listeners? Uh, um, I go into a, a massively multiplayer game called World of Warcraft, uh, which has been phenomenally successful, more successful than most movies are. Right. I think it makes about a billion dollars a year. Wow. And um, create a little character and have been playing that character since 2004. Her name is Silk Charm and she's a fire mage. So she kicks ass in World of Warcraft. And you're good at it, obviously. Yes, she's a guild leader. Oh, my character's a guild leader. So she runs teams of people and... That sort of thing is lots of fun. Yeah, I like it. Good. Now, how social media or virtual communities changed over the last 20 years? It seems to have really accelerated in the last three or four to me. I think that the virtual communities of the late 80s and early 90s, which is when I came into the game, were very much bulletin boards and forums and um, Usenet news groups. I don't know if you remember those yes, from I the do. late 80s and early yep. 90s. Yeah, so it was about, it's still about people coming together, but it was very low key and companies had no recognition of the importance of them. I used to run large forums for developers and for, for games in the 90s and we were always being told to shut those forums down. There's far too many people on them now. There's hundreds of thousands of people and they're just annoying. So um, today, of course, those forums would sell for a gazillion dollars to a media company. <laughs> sure. So how are the majority of corporates adapting to social media poorly, I suspect? It's a process. It's really a seven-step process. And most companies start off with... Uh, well, first of all, they may just ignore social media. It's not important to them. It's only for nutcases, so we'll just ignore it. Then they get into the, uh, uh, we need to do some guidelines for staff. And this is the thou shalt not. Thou shalt not use Facebook at work. Thou shalt not look at YouTube on the work's mobile phone. Yeah. And eventually, uh, it's because they're trying to control it. If we can't, you know, we need to stop it until we figure it out. From there, it then becomes just another advertising channel let's put out a viral video. Like, don't talk to us, don't engage with us, just look at our funny video. Yep. Or um, let me just pump out tweets about our special offers. So it's very broadcast, very one-way, um, using social media. They're still doing the traditional media thing of yelling at people. Yes. It's like, I can't get it. Roll up, roll up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it doesn't really work in a party. <laughs> you get booted out of the party. Well, it, does, um, it doesn't work anymore for today's consumer. I mean, anybody that's under 30, and this is probably being unfair to the people over 30, but they want dialogue. They don't, they're not interested in monologue. This whole monologue thing's over. Now, yes, but, and there is a but here, sales through social networks works really well for things like group deals. Yep. Get 15 of your friends to sign up and tweet and Facebook it and those catch of the day uh, scoop on Groupon yep. and I can't believe Groupon's not making money but it, they should be doing really well because it's been proved that a share on Facebook is worth about $18. So it's right. really well worthwhile but it's only with special offers and it's only with coupons and it's only when that person is looking for that special offer that coupon that brought, let's, Broadcast or spam hundreds of thousands of millions of people who aren't interested is only going to get you un a brand unlove. Yeah, <laughs> They're not right. going to love you. Yeah, I understand that. So why aren't CEOs more committed to social media? I mean, there's enough evidence of, of the benefits, up, isn't there? 
they don't understand the benefits. They don't understand the increase in brand equity. They don't see that they can mitigate any potential problems with a negative backlash online. They think that all press is good press, which includes all discussions on social media sites. Uh, forgetting that in the old days when you got bad press, people remembered the name, but the article was gone. Yep. These days, because of the long towel, reviews are there for the next 20 years. And if you don't address the issues and tell them you've addressed the issues, it's an issue. I think CEOs also have um, a real challenge with understanding that their staff no longer work nine to five. In other words, they want them to respond to SMS calls and emails on weekends and after work and when you're taking the kids on picnics into the cinema. Sure. But please don't look at Facebook when you're at work to connect with colleagues, vendors, potential employees. You know, let's block it. So there's some really big issues that need to be addressed by... Is that a generational thing? Is that because, you know, most CEOs are old farts? Well, I've seen some young CEOs that act like old farts, and I've seen some old fart CEOs that actually get this stuff really well. The, okay. And don't forget, the Internet and this, this move towards social media, you know, email as a social network online, sure. has been around predominantly since 1995. I, I know that DARPANET and all those were sure. around before, yeah. but yeah. since 1995... So our middle-level managers who were IT managers in 1995 should be at a C-level ranking by now. If they haven't, then, you know, what have they been doing for the last 15 years? Sure. So, yeah. um, so surely they have some understanding. I think the old days of the CEO handing the keyboard of their computer over to their secretary to type something should be well and truly gone. Um, and they all had Blackberries and iPads and iPhones. There just seems to be a discrepancy between what they personally do and then what they bring into the organisation. I don't understand why they do that. If you um, if you dissected the world into segments, into um, geographical areas, um, how are the? I know you do a lot of work with governments and and organisations all around the world. How, how does it vary? Say Asia, the Middle East, the UK, North America, Australia. How, okay. how do they all rank? Yes, I get some real surprises when I'm running workshops in, for instance, Singapore. Um, the students there will often tell me, no, we can't, we cannot go and leave comments on, uh, uh, on Singaporeans' blogs or forums, uh, because they will think that we're spying on them. And when I did some research, they're absolutely right. The minute a government official bobs up and leaves a message on a forum or on somebody's blog, um, there's a furor. Don't spy on us. Why are you reading my blog? I think in Australia, I'd love to have Julia Gillard pop up on my, our Prime Minister pop up on, on my blog. Um, mm. The flip side of that is in the Middle East, they're really, really... So, so in Singapore, they do everything on their own sites. If you want to talk to us, come and talk to us on our own branded forums. Right. In the Middle East, it's the inverse of that. There's such a lot of fear about something negative happening on their own sites that they won't actually have um, their own blog or their own forums, and they're very unsure of themselves in those spaces. So they tend to do most of their social media engagement off of their main sites, off of their hub sites, on, mm. on the more social sites. Uh, of course, the president of Iran blogs, so there's um, an interesting, and he blogs both in Arabic and in English. Right. So there's an interesting original source content there that I think the rest of the Middle East would do well to pick up on, actually. It's interesting because I'm one of those people, I must admit, who have 
serious distrust of governments, including, you know, I've been living in America for 25 years and I've got serious distrust of them too. Um, and the information that came out a few weeks ago about carrier IQ, tracking every keystroke on your mobile phone and on your iPad, etc., bothers the hell out of me. Anyway, um, I'm a big sound. And what about, what about TomTom selling all of your data to the police? Yeah. TomTom navigation systems so that they can put up red light cameras and, um, and track you for speeding. I think that that was shocking too. What, what are the police doing buying that material? Catching people like us and, and, and supporting huge deficits is what they're doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> truly. Now, I'm a big Saudi fan. I've, I've been to Saudi. I've given a lot of speeches in Saudi, and I really like the place. Um, you did a big project in Saudi, right? Yes, I did. I worked in Jeddah, which is not the same as Riyadh. Riyadh is much more of um, a quite... I mean, I found Jeddah challenging, but Riyadh would be extremely challenging for a woman travelling on her own. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And it, I don't know what your audiences were like. I'm going to say that they were Mao, predominantly Mao. Yep. Um, but I had a lot of issues. Because Westerners can't travel to Saudi on their own, women cannot travel without their husband or father. You're supposed to be part of a package. I couldn't even get the embassy here in Australia to answer the phone to me. And in the end, the Royal House of Saud, who invited me, had to get me my um, my visa themselves. When I got to the airport, I had to sit there for about four hours until they could find a man to collect me and take me to a hotel. By the way, women are not allowed to stay in hotels on their own, so I had to get special dispensation there as well. Um, to take me to the Hilton. Now, if I knew that sitting around I know the airport... The Hilton, I know the Hilton well. In Jeddah, yes, it's lovely. Yeah. I was, there was a bit of a shock when they saw me coming through. They weren't sure what to do with this Western woman travelling on her own, trying to stay in the hotel, but luckily I had letters there. But, um, yeah, it was, the, the interesting thing for me was working with the women. The I Matter project was such an important project. It was to give women of Islam a voice. Yeah. Uh, and I went there to ensure a number of things. One is that the women stayed private and secure. In fact, while I was there... A young lady, unfortunately, was killed in Riyadh by her father who caught her on Facebook in the family lounge room. So there was, um, you know, a lot of issues around making sure they kept their their identity private. Mm. And as much as Facebook and Google might say you have to use your real name on these services, those countries, it's just not possible. But you know what was amazing is they taught me about how to keep your identity private. Mm. These women, their reputation and identity online is everything. It will affect whether they get married and all sorts of yeah. things. They're very naughty and, and, and smart, interesting women, um, but they're very clever at how they manage their reputation online and they, yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah, it, it's interesting. So what's next for social media? I think we did talk about those steps and companies are still caught up in broadcasting. They're still caught up in the thou shalt nots. I really want to see them move towards the peer-to-peer, um, the peer-to-peer businesses, the peer-to-peer element where businesses offer up a platform for consumers to get together with other consumers. You know, I looked at Etsy, which is like an eBay for fashion. They've got 
designers that come on and and um, show dresses and then people buy those dresses. And it might sound like a fairly small sort of site, but they've got 7 million dress designers on there and 28 million buyers, and they're going to do a billion dollars worth of sales this year. Wow. And so there goes the fashion industry, you know. Yeah. Um, and banks, you, the same thing with banks where you have people putting up that they need a loan and then other people offering, you know, peer-to-peer banking is such a big area. And when you look at the Occupy movement and this massive shift towards wanting to have, you know, to, to get out of these hierarchical organizations into something like a peer-to-peer structure, I really think community banking is going to take off in a big way in the next five years or so. What about monetizing social media? A company um, called Monkey Bars um, is working on a very a great project, I think, to monetize um, uh, social media where every time you recommend a product, it, people buy that buy the product then you get it's more complicated than this but then you get um, effectively the distributor the, the amount of money that the distributor would have got so it's a and I think it's really interesting. where do you think see that going oh yes uh, the, the customer as the reseller is a huge area I mean this is how those Groupon sites work yeah. um, there's a company that's been working for quite a few years now that if you were to look at, if I was to recommend an Amazon book to you today from my website and you buy it in four years' time, they keep all of that tracking. Yeah. Now, privacy issues aside, it means that even if you buy the book in four years' time, I still get a clip of that sale. And I think that clip of the sale model is, is um, I've just written a book called 22 Revenue Streams in Social Media, and I think that that is probably the first or second largest area of growth as far as monetizing social media is concerned. I really see turning the customer into a reseller. And, and the other one that's not now but will come in the future is the price you buy your next car for, um, say, for instance, a Mercedes, will depend on how many followers you've got on Twitter, on your blog, and on Facebook because they'll say to you, wow, you've got a double A or triple A social reputation rating if you tweet this and Facebook it, we will give you XYZ discount on it. So I think that we'll see wow. some of those kind of shifts in the future as well. Fantastic, Laurel. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate your insight. Now, if you'd like, thank you. It's lovely. I enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact Laurel, please go to her website www.laurel l a u r e l papworth p a p w o r t h dot com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard radio show after this short break. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, 
kick-ass business and marketing secrets at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Radio Show. Coming to you this week from a chilly Los Angeles. Gee, it was cold today. The last two shows have been so busy with such great interviews. Today's interviews were good too. How about Kerry Potters? I loved her, um, her, her attitude about um, last Olympics or the Olympics before that um, going in not going to lose and the last Olympics going in intending to win and the difference that made to her performance. I think that's, that that is a great story that we can all take um, um, a lot of advice from. So the, the shows have been so busy that I haven't been able to um, get to listeners' emails. So this final segment of today's show is totally dedicated to emails and answering some of your questions. Don't forget, if I read your email on air, I'll send you out a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. This will give you the 15 invaluable keys required to make any business a success. My first email today is great. I love it. It's from Doug Latchman, who was at the very north of Australia at Port Hedland. This is a town of about 14,000 people in the middle of nowhere. And uh, when he sent the email... They were battening down, waiting for a cyclone to hit. So even when a cyclone's about to hit, he and his mates having a few beers and listening to the Bob Pritchard Business Radio Show. I think that's pretty cool. So I hope the cyclone was not too fierce and that you're listening again this week. Like a flood of other people, he loved the interview with Dana Steele, the first lady of rock radio that was on last week. If you missed it, go into the archives and have a listen. It's well worth it. Doug says in his email, great show on January the 10th. You should point out to your listeners that the corporate or medium level ex- experience, ex- experiences are useful to the smaller scale entrepreneur like me as well. I benefit from your insights and examples in the same way as the executives and managers of big companies. Thanks, Doug. The- this show is aimed at all business people. You know, the same rules apply no matter what the biz- nature of your business is or how big it is. But I do take your point and I appreciate you listening. This show is all about c- helping you be more successful. So my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, is on its way to you. Our second email is from Alastair Watson from Hampstead, which is near London. Alastair says... Dear Bob, although you're obviously Australian, most of your examples and interviews are American. We have some very talented people in the UK. Can you feature some of them occasionally? Also, you were speaking a couple of weeks ago about adding value to your customers. 
I own a travel agency. Our margins per booking are very small. How can I add value to my customers for not much money? Keep up work. I appreciate your advice. Regards, Alistair. Thanks, Alistair, for your email. Yeah, I am Australian, although I've lived in the US for 25 years. Doesn't sound like it, but I have. And I actually have had two English guests in the last eight weeks. So you guys are actually batting above average. But as far as adding value to your clients, first of all, you need to put yourself in your client's shoes. Think like they do. For example, you say you're in the travel business. Firstly, when somebody buys a ticket from you, what do you do? Most travel people take the money or the credit card, give them their ticket. That's it. Done. That's exactly what every other travel agent does. There's nothing there to differentiate you from all the rest of them. So what can you do that's different? How about, I don't know, if if they buy a ticket to Greece, you give them some Greece want-to-see brochures. Maybe give them a photocopy of the section on Greece in the Lonely Planet travel book. Um, How about cheap disposable camera and then they send in their best photos when they return from their trip with a chance to win a prize at the end of the month maybe you could give them a cd by a greek superstar like nana muscuri or demis Roussos or someone another great travel adapt uh, idea i reckon is a travel adapter that works in greece there's nothing worse than going to a country and not being able to plug in your phone, your computer, your hairdryer. Um, it is as annoying as hell. And they're pretty cheap. So all these added value items are cheap. Make sure you have your logo, your name, your phone number, and your email address on them. Clients will absolutely love you for it. More importantly, when they get back, Give them a call, drop them an email or send them a postcard asking if everything was okay. When was the last time you ever heard anything from your travel agent? Never. Ask them how they can improve their service for the next time you go away. Alistair, I bet this will set you apart from all the other travel agents. It won't cost you much. It'll make you feel good and it'll get you customers for life. More importantly, it'll get you word of mouth. And this is a really powerful way to build your business. Alistair, kick-ass business and marketing secrets will be emailed to you tomorrow, although it's probably cheaper if I just got your gift certificate from Waterstones, I guess. My final email today comes from Star Jackson from Westlake Village in California. Star writes, Dear Bob, what a great show. It has been a huge help to me. Your solutions are so simple. I love it. My problem is that I'm a one-person business and I really have no marketing budget at all. I tried small ads in the local newspaper, but I really got no response. What can I do? Well, Star, it would have been helpful if you had told me what sort of business you're in, but I'll make a couple of um, you know pretty general points for you. Your problem is that you don't have the money to do any marketing But if you don't do marketing, you won't have a business. So you're sort of in a catch-22. I'd do several things. Firstly, 
I'd join an organization in your area where the people who attend, you know, may be interested in your product. It could be the Chamber of Commerce, young, young entrepreneurs, Lions Club, or even the local sewing club, depending on what your business is. You need to circulate like mad, give out lots of business cards, um, get an opportunity to get up and talk to the group, do whatever you can to get yourself noticed. Secondly, you could create an excellent mailbox with incentives. Thirdly, actively get involved in social networking, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, whichever is the most appropriate to get your message out there. But it's time-consuming, but you've got to do it. Start. My new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, is on its way to you too. So don't forget, I want to hear from you. So visit my website at bobpritchard.com. Sign up for my newsletter, email me, tweet me, become my friend on LinkedIn and tell me what it is that you want me to talk about. And don't forget to grab a copy of my new book at your favorite bookstore or on Amazon.com. Thank you. See you next week. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.